a minister, a doctor, and an engineer were waiting one morning for a particularly slow group of golfers. The engineer was fuming. What's with those guys? We've been waiting for at least 15 minutes. The doctor replied, I don't know, but I have never seen such an uncoordinated group of golfers. The minister said, here's the groundskeeper. Let's ask him. Hello, George. What's um, wrong with that group of golfers in front of us? They're playing rather slow, aren't they? George replied, yes, that is a group of blind firemen. They saved our clubhouse from a fire last summer, and so now we let them play for free anytime they want. Well, the group fell silent for a moment. Then the minister said, we should say a special prayer for them. The doctor agreed and also added, I'm going to reach out to my ophthalmologist colleague and see if there's anything she can do for them. The engineer said, why can't they play at night? <laughs> this joke works because different perspectives are involved. First, you have the perspective of the group as they wait on a slow assembly of golfers. And this perspective quickly gets changed when they learn of the golfer's story. But you also have the perspective of a minister, a doctor, and an engineer, each colored by their profession, causing them to respond differently. Which brings us to our gospel lesson for this morning. At Passport Youth Camp a week ago, the camp pastor preached on this passage. She started her sermon by first asking us all to stand and simply stare at our feet for a few minutes. It seemed a little silly and after a moment became quite uncomfortable, but she encouraged us not to look up. Instead, we we're supposed to just keep staring at the floor and see what we noticed. After she invited us to sit back down, she revealed why she had led us in this exercise. It was to help us see the perspective of this woman in this passage, just to give us a glimpse of what her sight would have been. For 18 years, longer than almost all of those campers had been alive, this woman had lived her life bent over, her view and perspective limited. Plus, she likely lived in pain due to this ailment. This Sabbath in the passage, she was just standing one among the crowd. But Jesus saw her. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over, and without waiting any longer, set his hands upon her so that she would be healed. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. 
I wonder what sight brought her the most joy. Being able to look in the eyes of others without difficulty, looking into the face of Jesus, or maybe being able to gaze up at the evening sky. Thanks to Jesus, she was healed and given an entirely new perspective. But not everyone was praising God that Sabbath. The leader of the synagogue was indignant because Jesus had cured this woman on the Sabbath. Now, many times we are quick to villainize the religious leaders in scripture. We wonder, how could they not see it? Why do they always seem to be missing it? Why are they always so angry and defensive? I mean, what reason could this synagogue leader have to be upset that a woman was healed? Well, let me attempt to give his perspective. As the leader of the synagogue, he had been working all week to care for the needs of those who came for healing. But this was the Sabbath, the day of rest, a day for him to personally recharge and prepare for another week. But more importantly, this was the day God had instructed for everyone to rest. This had been in place since the creation of the world. It's not that the synagogue leader didn't want this woman to be healed. It was just a desire to stick to the tradition. A tradition that he believed was honoring God. And maybe a personal fear that he wouldn't be able to keep up if people started coming every day of the week for healing, including the Sabbath. Jesus is quick to answer this objection. You care for your ox and donkey on the Sabbath, don't you? You give them a drink and make sure they're replenished. And yet you are going to deny this woman, this daughter of Abraham, your family, this woman that is under your charge and care, who needs healing, this woman who has been suffering for 18 long years, and yet you are going to make her wait yet another day? Luke tells us that all of Jesus' opponents were put to shame, and the crowd was rejoicing at the wonderful things Jesus was doing. I imagine they were put to shame because they knew Jesus was right. They'd become too focused on the law and tradition of keeping the Sabbath that they missed that miracle and the celebration. Because this healing had happened outside of their normal structures, they jumped to anger and tried to sow seeds of discord among the crowd. They did not join in praising God. They did not join in spreading joy they missed the daughter of Abraham who had been healed. Let me confess this morning that I have been the synagogue leader. When I worked as a hospital chaplain, I would spend on-call shifts as the only chaplain in the hospital. 
And it could be difficult to balance who to visit first and for how long when you are getting phone calls and pages from others. And unlike other ministry positions, I was also on a time clock, meaning at a certain time I was instructed and expected to clock out. Well, there was one patient who'd been in the hospital for a week, which is much longer than most of the patients were there. And she was my last visit of the day. Instead of being fully present to her and her family, I had a clock ticking down in my mind. I volunteered to pray for her more quickly than I should have as a way to move the visit along. And after the prayer, I left a card and told her another chaplain would be on shift soon, should she need anything. Now, this is not a dramatic story. She did not pass away in the next few hours or have any other large complications. In fact, she stayed for a couple more days and then was discharged. She was even visited by other hospital chaplains. But I felt the spirit convicting me, convicting me of being that synagogue leader, putting restrictions in a time limit on people, not being fully present to that daughter of God who was suffering before me. Maybe you too can relate to being a synagogue leader, focusing on customs more than a person, trying to keep the work and miracles of God confined to what is more convenient or expected skeptically asking questions instead of celebrating with someone who's been touched and healed by Jesus. Jesus called out to the suffering woman from the crowd, bringing her healing in an entirely new perspective. But the story does not stop there. Jesus brought a new perspective to that synagogue leader, too. We don't know how long the synagogue leader had been limited by the laws and traditions. Maybe 18 years, maybe even longer. But on that day, Jesus helped him to see in new ways too. When Jesus shifts our perspective, sometimes it brings us instant joy, like that woman who was healed causing us to immediately praise God. But sometimes, when we see more clearly, it can bring us shame as we think of the way our vision was hindered. We think of that daughter of Abraham who was put off for another day. Sometimes, it's a mixture of both. But the good news of the gospel and of Jesus is that our perspectives can continually change. We can be amazed and baffled as we experience the work of God around us and in us time and time again. Following Jesus means that we will have our perspectives changed. We will experience new things as we continue to see the world and each other 
in new ways. As Jesus opens our eyes, unbends us, and gives us new perspectives. And this, many times, will compel us to live differently, to see and praise God for the healing all around us. As Hebrew instructs us, prepare your minds for action. Discipline yourselves. Set all your hope on the grace that Jesus Christ will bring you when he is revealed. Like obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires that you formerly had in ignorance. Instead, as he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. As he is, so we shall be. So as we continue to follow Jesus, may Jesus continue to shift our perspectives so that we too can see and celebrate unexpected miracles that break through our traditions so that we can be also instruments of healing in this world so that we too can praise God even when we maybe don't fully comprehend what's happening. Amen. Now, as we prepare to sing this hymn of response, I invite any who may want to follow Jesus for the first time, or any who may want to join this family of faith, or any who may just want to pray to meet me down front. Mm -hmm.